Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. Robert Bucciolato will join us in a minute to give his thoughts about one of the most important Floridians politically of the first half of the 20th century, Millard Fillmore Caldwell, who was the governor of the state of Florida. Robert will focus on Caldwell's governorship. I'm going to spend a few minutes before we bring Robert in speaking about what I think one of Caldwell's important legacies was in the United States House, in the Congress, where he got elected uh, in the 1930s, where he served in the 1930s during the Depression. Caldwell uh, came into a, a, a House as a conservative Democrat, a conservative Democrat from the South, uh, elected in the Roosevelt landslide of 1932. Now, the Democrats are going to win seats in Florida anyway in those days, so he, he's not uh, necessarily a guy that gets elected on Roosevelt's coattails, but he comes in with Roosevelt. He comes in with FDR. And while he wasn't really a new dealer, per se, uh, he also wasn't necessarily um, as far to the right as some of the other Democrats in Florida. He wasn't as anti-New Deal. He was somewhere, he was a conservative Democrat, but he wasn't a, a reactionary uh, right-winger uh, either. And there were many Democrats, including Governor uh, Cohn uh, of Florida, the Demo- who was a Democrat, who were really far to the right. Caldwell comes into a U.S. House of Representatives that had been dominated by isolationists, and the U.S. Senate was even worse, right? The U.S. Senate was, uh, in the 1920s, dominated by Henry Cabot Lodge and uh, the, uh, even progressives, right? Burton Wheeler, who was a progressive Democrat from Montana, Robert La Follette, and then his son after he passed away, both Republicans from Wisconsin, the, the progressive titans of that era. Uh, remember, at the time, um, there was... The party distinctions were almost more regional and, and in many cases, class-based. Uh, you had a lot of progressive liberal Republicans. You know, when you mentioned La Follette, um, they would, uh, the La Follettes were on the far left of the political hardcore uh, right-winger, uh, that, uh, and among others, aligned with Roosevelt on 90% of the issues was LaGuardia. But anyway, Caldwell was dominated by isolationists. You had people like Wheeler and La Follette who were progressive isolationists. You had people like Lodge, uh, who was more conservative and kind of a moderate Republican. You had people like uh, William Bora of, uh, of Idaho, who was a hardcore right-wing guy and uh, an isolationist uh, of the highest order and actually passed away in 1940. So we never got to see the, the damage that isolationism had done to the United States. So Caldwell... I concede, in modern context, was a classic kind of Southern segregationist uh, Democrat. And uh, he's not someone that I think modern Floridians would, would, would relate to or honor based on his domestic legacy and his views, uh, very regressive views on civil rights, segregation, etc. However, I want to pay tribute to him being one of the few members of the U.S. House uh, and one of the very few members on that Foreign Affairs Committee that said, okay, we need to increase our military preparedness in the 1930s. We have to be a little more aggressive about how we view Japan and Germany and, and Italy and their aggressive actions uh, that, that were uh, leading us toward war. 
and uh, had been a pretty strong supporter of FDR's efforts to pull the United States out of isolationism. And because the Congress was so obstinate, a lot of the things Roosevelt had to do, we know, he had to do by executive order or do surreptitiously. He had one, uh, both hands tied behind his back before Pearl Harbor. And he did everything he could to keep the British going in the war, but he wasn't able to do as much as he would have liked because of uh, um, the isolationists in Congress. So I, I think Caldwell was an important figure in that sense. Not often given credit for it. And then in 1940, he runs for governor of Florida and he gets elected. And that is where my colleague Robert Bucciolato will pick up in talking about uh, our former governor. Hello, this is Robert Bucciolato, former governor Millard Fillmore Caldwell, a product of Port Barrel politics and a pork chop gang constituency, Millard Fillmore Caldwell would leave a lasting imprint on the state of Florida. Not so much for any uh, achievement that he did while in office, but for the sheer fact that he was one of only a handful of Floridians to serve in all three branches of Florida government. He was in the legislature, served briefly in the House of Representatives in Congress, then ran for and won the governorship in the 1940s. Afterwards, he would go on to be Supreme Court Justice of the Florida State Supreme Court and would go on to provide the oath of office for the state's first Republican governor since Reconstruction, Claude Kirk. Perhaps not as flashy as the governor that came before him, or as calculating as the governor that came after him, he nevertheless led the Sunshine State through the tumultuous and uncertain period that was World War II. He saw that the state became one of the major places for recruitment and training for the U.S. Armed Forces. And his business-friendly philosophy of democratic politics saw to it that the state began to boom as a great attractor of business, something that has gone on to be a central asset and facet of every single governor that has succeeded him. Caldwell originated and rose to prominence in this state in a time period of racial uncertainty and Perhaps justly so. The reason why so little is nowadays known about his life and his great achievements and all of the positions that he was elected to stem from his views on racial equality. It must be remembered that he, like his party, the Democratic Party of Florida at the time, were calculating that the only way that they could withstand any type of Republican encroachment on their offices was to routinely enforce a system of apartheid in the manner of the Jim Crow philosophy of the South. Like many in this region, Caldwell used the insensitivities of the time to maintain elected office. While we cannot say that he was a quote-unquote racist or that he engaged in any form of white supremacy, it cannot be ignored 
that he spent most of his political life and indeed his private life surrounded in a system that he benefited from, an unjust system that for quite a bit was a stain on not only the region and the state, but the country as well. This association to this flawed and inhuman system has resulted in a huge lack of understanding and writing on both the subject and the various governors that occupied it at that time period. What we do choose to do, though, is remember the best qualities of these individuals, regardless of their personal or political biases and blemishes. And in this manner, we can salute Caldwell. Thank you for that, Robert. And thank you to our listeners for listening to this edition of the Florida History Podcast. We'll be back with you next week.